everybody. Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks for joining us on this Monday, May 23rd, which means it's the week of Star Wars celebration. Whether you're going to Anaheim like us, uh, we'll be together very soon, the three of us, for the first time in almost three years. Uh, the three of us being me, and we have James and Lacey here, as always. Yeah. Um, whether you're going or not, obviously they're going to be broadcasting a lot of the major panels. So you'll be sitting on your couch pretending you're sick from work or school or whatever it may be. It's Star <laughs> Wars celebration for everybody. Uh, but we just want you to know that we will be there uh, covering it. So stick with us throughout the week. And if you are going to celebration, we look forward to seeing you there. Uh, guys, It is it is here. I cannot believe I have not bought my hand sanitizer yet quite frankly <laughs> do you want some of mine because i bought no joke like 12 bottles <laughs> oh my god yeah. i saw a deal on uh this site called amazon i don't know if it's a i was that person at target that was like oh a whole rack of them thank you so much <laughs> just shovel it into your basket yeah. <laughs> that and then i was like oh i will take this beef jerky <laughs> that was the other thing Lacey I- just takes out takes all their toilet paper all their hand sanitizer she's like it's march 2020 all over again <laughs> oh, why would i need this. toilet paper though well remember there was the big shortage that was the big deal oh. everyone was hoarding toilet paper when the mm. pandemic started but mm-hmm. we're on to better times because we actually are going to a star wars celebration that is happening so mm-hmm. very excited about that um james we have a pretty packed show so yeah. we typically banter at the top here but let's just get in the mix here what's our first segment of the day i fear nothing for all this as the force wills it there it was that beautiful voice uh <laughs> From Rogue One, off in the distance. No, Will the Force, right? It's back. And uh, we got an episode here with a couple patron submissions, which I'm pretty excited out about, um, including this one from uh, a commander of ours, um, Ivy Tudor. Uh, Ivy sent in the question, um, wait, I even looked this up. Reva. Re- it is Reva? I, yeah, because... Um, oh my gosh all i'm gonna see now is reba mcintyre in a black suit that's all i'm gonna see all the time and i'm sure people have photoshopped it that's all i'm gonna see now yeah okay so it's will reba die at the end of the obi-wan series Mm. um lacy will reba mcintyre die at the end of the obi-wan kenobi series lacy lacy uh ivy hey how's it going thanks for your question this is this is actually a really good question because I think as Star Wars fans, we always go into new properties and or shows, movies, what have you, books, especially now. I feel like everyone's talking about how people die in the books, but people always die in Star Wars. It's a war. So people don't make it through. Um, I think she will die. I think she's going to die by the end. I oh. think that there's a couple people in here that you know are not going to die. Mm. obi-wan kenobi check won't die vader you don't know check. that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> he's never really gone the multiverse yeah i figured it out guys he dies in this show normally the body's laying there he mm-hmm. comes back as a force ghost gets really good at it is a force ghost in a new Shut hope up, and when he's fighting vader that's how he's able to just disappear it was there all along there's no reason they can't tell that story he didn't travel the junlin wastes lightly (laughs) no i I think she's gonna die um probably in a super epic way like in an epic battle or something but i don't know how this character will continue on 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't like how how is this person going to keep going if they're showing up just now and then you never see them again in future things. Now, I understand the original years. trilogy was made in the 70s and 80s. I get it. But I'm <sighs> saying in canon, how is this possible? How would you explain this? I know they don't really explain Ahsoka <sighs> and Outer Rims, Draft Folder. We've said it before. But yeah, sadly, I think she's going to. She's not going to make it. John, are you on the same page or do you think uh, Reva's sticking around? <laughs> Reva? <laughs> My Reva. Uh, yeah, I think she's going to die. Um, I think that little speculation I had from last week where she's going to be like Vader's secret agent working against the Emperor's directive just to go after Kenobi is going to come to the surface and vader is gonna kill her that's a good call because he does kill everybody else that fails him and we know vader can't kill obi-wan in this we you know lacy just went down the list who's vader killing that's an impact player we need an impact death from vader in this Mm. series Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know granted rogue one yeah it was just a bunch of soldiers but it was done epically so i think She's going to be the one that gets killed. Now, having said that, I know people are going to be upset about this because I've already fallen for her as a Star Wars actor for many reasons. First of all, she's she's young. She seems to be really charismatic. Uh, she, I, I think she's going toe to toe with Ewan and Hayden in these things with the three of them. So good, good on her for that. The fact that you can go back in Star Wars and 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 punch people in and stuff like that. I think that's how they'll be able to bring her back for other stuff. So I agree that she will die in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series in a big way at the hand of Lord Vader. Um, the only nailed, thing nailed that it. I have with that, because I like that story, is that is Jedi Fallen Order. I don't... <laughs> All right. It's like poetry. It rhymes, James. Yeah, yeah, but it's literally the exact same thing. It's like you have it's poetry. <laughs> a, a black female maskless inquisitor killed by Vader. No, you're totally right. She was you're too totally loyal. Right. You know, it's you like know those literally the giant exact same thing. round super weapons. But it's not exactly the same thing, <laughs> and this is exactly the same thing. What was the What was the big orb in A New Hope called? The Death Star? Answer. Yes. What was yeah. the big orb called in Return of the Jedi? Anybody? Oh, that wasn't an orb, actually. That was It was reconstructed. It was different. The Death Star! Yeah. But this Where are we is... going with this? What? <laughs> yeah. He's trying to say it's the exact same thing, but I'm, I'm mm. like... I mean, it's like... Like I said, it, it'd be female, black, maskless. As far as we know, like, she's I don't she's think maskless. the race has anything to do with it. I'm just saying it, it It doesn't necessarily, but it like, it just kind of paints itself as like the same, like if I were watching that scene, I'd be like, I feel like I've seen this before and you could put it side by side and be like, I feel like I'm watching the exact same scene happen at a different mm. angle. Yeah. Um, like it almost feels like the exact same character. Um, but anyway, sure. I mean that it's not just the same story, but it feels literally the same. So I, I like that story and it's good, but I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to go wild because I think you guys are. You might be right, but let's let's play into what I speculated before that they do go down the route of giving us the Darth Vader show that has Kenobi in it. She could stick around through that. So in the hopes that we didn't want Moff 
Moff Gideon to die, uh, let's keep Reva around too. I say, I say, keep her alive. Keep her as an Inquisitor. But I don't know. You guys might be right. If it really is like limited series, they probably would kill off that character. Um. All right. So, uh, heading into the next question here, uh, will Ashley Eckstein voice Ahsoka Tano again in an animated Star Wars cartoon? So not really like you know the shorts. Um, technically, you know, those are all part of canon and stuff. So we're not really talking about forces of destiny though. Uh, a longer, uh, thought out, stretched out series, uh, ongoing series. Will she ever show up again? John, you're starting this one. Do you think she would ever return? I mean, she would, but do you think they'll write that in? I don't think so. I, I like Ahsoka fine. I'm not, there's, you know, plenty bigger fans than me of course but I, I do enjoy the character um but i think there's been a lot of ahsoka you know and it, she's had one of the more developed stretched out story arcs it's still happening when we first mm -hmm. met her in the clone wars movie to now and yeah it's continuing on now through rosario dawson i don't know where it would fit to create her presence in another impactful animated way like a clone wars or rebels so the short stuff that may come out if tales of the jedi is like an anthology thing and she's in that me yeah sure but in terms of like the series like serious canon type stuff i think i think it's done i think the the that book is closed lacy yeah i'm gonna agree with john on this one i don't think she will ashley will not voice ahsoka tano again which is sad because she's really she really is Ahsoka Tano. Like, that's who she is. She enjoys it. Mm -hmm. It's given her a career. It's made her such a big person in fandom, and fans have really connected with that character through her. I think that's why there's been this uh, hesitancy to maybe appreciate the Rosario Dawson one, because they're so connected to this animated one, which I totally understand. Um, but yeah, no, I think once that transition happened, to the live action one, I don't think they're then going to go back to the animated one. I think we're going to hear that story through Dave with the live action Ahsoka, not through the animated one. And I think we're going to get into that in a little bit about what we learned over the past week. But there were a lot of moments where they talk about Dave and how this is his his time to step forward with this series and this is what he's always wanted. So he's not going to go backwards into animation. And that's not a critique in that anima animation is less than live action. I just think that the characters made the jump and you can't then jump it back. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's true. I think that the sticking thing that you hinted at, Lacey, that I, I would go even further on is I think that more, like even though Ashley Eckstein is Ahsoka and like those two are connected, I think she's along for the ride and the real connection is Dave Filoni and Ahsoka. Sure. And I think that right now, Dave told his story and then he brought her into Rebels and continued the story and grew the, grew the character. And then now that he's continuing and he's moving on to live action, Ahsoka's on that ride. And so long as he stays on whatever path that is, um, she won't be returning to animation because Dave Filoni won't be returning to animation. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's where the connection is. So it's kind of 
unfortunate in that regard but i think like if they ever wanted to like make quick ahsoka content it would show up in those little shows but i'd i can't i can't really see like a longer told story where she's involved um i don't know but uh but yeah that, that that sucks but i think that's the case um we get another patron submission here and this one is going is coming from a newly appointed admiral us uh, yeah. Who is it? Uh, well, this is going to be Michael Schilling who sent in the question. Hey, Michael. Yeah. yeah. Michael. Uh, Michael is now an admiral, and uh, he had a question for us that is, uh, will we learn the details of the main character of the Acolyte at Celebration? So, guys, this is only, what are we at, like four days from now, three days from now? And that's probably Two. where we're going to hear it. This came out Monday, Depends so we've got to Tuesday to Wednesday and then to Thursday, right? So, yeah. Countdowns are always tricky for me because it's like, do you count the day that you're in or do you not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and what 72 day of the hours. week does your birthday fall on? Shut it. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> but as we stand here Monday, mm-hmm. um, do we think we're going to learn the details of the at least the main character? Lacey, you're going first on this one. Thoughts? 100%. Uh, we're going to learn a lot more about this show during that showcase panel on Thursday. Um, I've been saying it for weeks now. It's 90 minutes, guys. That is a lot of time to fill. And I think that being that they gave details in that uh, Vanity Fair article, they're going to give even more and probably bring out Leslie Headland to talk through the show and, and specifically probably give us a synopsis of what the show's about, um, which includes that main character. Did they officially announce who was... Wasn't it a rumor who was playing her? Or did they officially announce who was playing the main character? No. That, I, don't they, so. I don't think they officially announced. Because I know it was rumored it was Amandla from Hunger Games who plays Rue. Um, but yeah, I would say yes, hundred percent. That panel is going to be bananas, and I think, you know, when we do our live show on on Saturday, you guys are definitely going to hear it. How nuts that day was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, John, do you think we're going to learn about the main character of Acolyte? I uh, yeah, I do. I and I think not only will. Leslie Headland be there, but I think that person will as well. I think they'll bring whoever nice. that actor yeah. is out on stage and say, this is our new antagonist, protagonist, whatever angle they're telling this story from, because it is supposed to be pretty Sith dark side based. That doesn't mean the main character is going to be evil, but that'd be kind of interesting. So whatever it may be, I think that at least that person will join Leslie Headland on stage and give us um, a bit more and probably an official release date and that sort of stuff. Hmm. Um, I'm going to hedge my bets and I'm going to say no. Um, part of this is because if I am wrong, then I win. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's the going in with low expectations thing, but I, I don't, we don't really know. It. One good point is that it was brought up in the vanity art, vanity fair stuff. So that that's true. But I usually think they're trying to, um, I don't know. I feel like it's not, it's like just beyond, you know? So it's like if there is a celebration next year, you know, like that would be a good spot for it to learn a lot more about it. But I just think we're so far from it. We didn't even really get confirmation of like Obi-Wan stuff that far in advance either, you know? So I just, I think it's too far 
far out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with no, but I hope I'm wrong. Um, last one on this list is now that Kathleen Kennedy has confirmed Taika Waititi's film is currently the next Star Wars movie. Of course, it was Rogue Squadron, but that's been pushed aside. Um, will Taika be the only future Star Wars movie? Uh, will Taika's movie be the only future Star Wars movie talked about at the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase? Again, we're only 72 hours away, but as Monday, uh, where do you stand, John, on Taika's being the only live-action Star Wars movie talked about? I think that's true. I, I Man, because she like addressed the Ryan Johnson thing, which is going nowhere. Um, we'll talk about all this in a little bit in the main discussion. Uh, Rogue Squadron pushed aside. They're not going to talk about that. Um, they want to focus on things that are going on. And the Feige thing, again, we'll talk about this in a little bit. Her response on that was a little strange. So based on that, unless they're going to shock us with a thing we've never heard of, which I don't think so, I think Taika Waititi's would be the only movie, upcoming Star Wars movie that we talk about. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to sprinkle in some indie on us because it's sort of like that <laughs> close marriage between the two. But uh, I think... Taika's is the only Star Wars movie we'll hear about. And we may get him via satellite. I don't know if he'll show up. I don't know where he lives. He might be in New Zealand. I don't know if he's LA based, but uh, maybe we get him like via satellite. He seems like like he would live in like Topeka and everybody's like, really? (laughs) Like he'll have like a pre-planned little sketch like he did with his, his keyboard that time. And they'll play that and, you know, say he's hard at work and stuff like that. And I think that's the one that we'll hear about for, for movies. Um, Lacey, is this going to be the only movie we hear about? No, I think they're going to run through what they have on the slate, even if it's like, hey, this is happening, but it could be like, you know, Kathleen Kennedy on stage being like, and all these things that are happening, and it's like, logos. So, that falls into this. Yes, of course it counts. They're still mentioning it in the panel. I think by technicality, she's right here, because I think what we're discussing right now is them completely... It's celebration, and they're not talking about Rogue Squadron or mentioning it, you know? I'm pulling a James right now. I'm slipping it in there. I'm slipping (laughs) it in right in that loophole. At the crowd reaction, if she, like, mentions Ryan Johnson, like, what what does that I'm not saying she'd mention it. I'm saying, like, Rogue Squadron stuff, they've shown logos for it. So she could just throw the logo up and be like, we have many things coming. Thanks for coming. Have a great day. Music out. Mm Mm-hmm. Like throne sure. room music out. <laughs> yeah. But well, well, um yeah. Yeah. I I was just gonna say, um, I think that I will <laughs> I didn't I hedge my bets on the other one. I'll go full out on this one. I think no, there will be more uh they are gonna talk about. And I think uh where this is coming from is that Vanity Fair article. Um and I think from maybe something else that I was listening to. It was to, from but- March too. Yeah, and I think the 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 part in there is that she said there was more on the slate for um feature films that we'll be announcing soon or we'll be able to talk about soon. And I'm like, "Well, that's March. You have celebration here. When is soon?" And that to me says you're saving this announcement of a new studio or um feature film for celebration. So I think there's a new feature film yet announced that they will announce here. But it, but that's a little bit of a bold bold thing. And, bold. and even if you do this, it literally doesn't even mean it's going to happen. Also, side <laughs> note, the indie thing, it, like, 
Lucasfilm is like John, I think they're going to save that for D23. Oh, yeah. yeah. I I don't think Indy's going to be brought up at all. I think that's not quite it. But hey, you know Mm -hmm. what? We can be done with uh, Will of the Force because we have another segment that I want to get to. um, But then after that, we're going to get to the discussion, right? Mm -hmm. All right, guys. It's time for the Patreon pod race. So as you guys know, there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on all the audio platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please make sure to leave us a review. It really helps us out and helps new people find our show, which welcome new people. We've had a lot of new people recently let us know that they found us through the May the 4th announcement through Apple Podcasts and much more. So thank you so much. Keep spreading the word. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. Please make sure to follow all our social channels this coming week. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff like live footage and recaps and whatnot. So you don't want to miss a thing. Um, But if you want more than that including exclusive videos uh discord server access and much much more you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starting at just two dollars a month that's right just two dollars you get to support what we're doing here you say hey i want to join the trb community i like what you guys are doing keep talking about star wars and we appreciate it very much. This is a part of the show that our generals and spice runners get to take part. We ask them a question. They give us an answer. We discuss accordingly. Um, so first, I want to say thank you to those people, which a lot of these people were meeting this week. And I'm very excited Crazy. about that. <clears throat> so first of all, thank you to our generals. Carmelo, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank. Uh, Frank Grande, Paul Olson, Darth Hurricane, John Travolta, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, and Val Trichkoff. My brain like skipped a name for some reason. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> thank you guys so much. And our Spice Runners, thank you to David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan War, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, and Andrew Staley. So excited to meet all of you that are coming this week. And our Spice Runners, uh, part of their perks is they get to have a dinner with us on Thursday. So that's kind of fun. Very um, So this week, we are talking with Nick Kratz. What up, Nick? <clears throat> we asked him, based on what we just learned this past week from Leslie Headland about the Acolyte, what do you hope we learn in that series to help explain how the Sith not only returned, but infiltrated the Senate? Nick, take it away. Hey, TRB. Uh, One of the things I'm really looking forward to and one of the things I really enjoyed about the prequel era and Clone Wars uh, was just watching Palpatine sort of manipulate both sides. I'd really love to know if he was the originator of this plan or when he um, presumably killed Darth Plagueis, whether he, you know, kind of took over a plan that was already initiated um, I'd love to see the inner workings because, I, you know, as a political junkie, I think about how, um, you know, a country or a form of government can sort of be corrupted. And here we're talking about, you know, thousands of star systems that are kind of being manipulated by the same person. So just to kind of see how that transcribes and what the death count was um, leading up to that, you know, who was killed along the way and, and that was covered up and whether there was anybody uh, asking questions about either missing bodies or things that didn't line up or corruption uh, along the way, I think would be a really cool story, especially from what we learned that, um, you know, the Jedi were sort of um, 
unaware or at an era where um, they were non-suspecting. So thanks, everybody. Hope everyone's doing well. We'll talk soon. Nicely done, Nick. Thank you so much for doing that pod race. Great answer. John, what did you think? I mean, you know, I like Palpatine a lot. Um, I've always been sort of hoping for more of that sort of backstory on him um, than a lot of characters. And I think they said this show is going to be like 100 years before The Phantom Menace or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Palpatine won't be... 50? They had 50. just said 100 this past week in Vanity Fair. Yeah, I think Fair. they just changed that. They changed, to it, to changed it to 100? Mm-hmm. Or what? 50 was rumored and now the, now it's the, like the real answer is 100. It got bumped but up to I, 100. I, I, be, I believe I saw 100 as well. Oh, that's um, crazy. But either way, the, my point is Palpatine won't be around during the series. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to find out, like you were saying, Nick, if someone else sort of had the plan and Palpatine sort of screwed them over and took it, whether that's Plagueis or someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, that's intriguing to me because, you know, Palpatine is almost just as much of a mystery to me as Yoda predating the Phantom Menace. So I'd like to learn more about that. I know they obviously had that book that they wrote that's not canon, um, but uh, the Plagueis novel. But I... I I like what you're saying. So I'm. Um, you got me excited thinking about that sort of thing. That's a way to sort of loosely connect to what we know for fil- familiarity, but also make it really fresh. So I think you're kind of onto something there. And the political intrigue, uh, I did like that aspect of the prequels, even though I thought some of the storytelling on that uh, dialogue-wise was choppy. This how the story was set up and how he did it was ace. And I think adding to that to make the prequels even more enjoyable to understand how it got to that point uh, would be really cool. So I think you're right on to something there. So great job. Uh, and Nick's not going to celebration, right? I don't, I don't believe so. Not this time. But hopefully we see you, man. But uh, either way, I hope you enjoy what comes out for celebration. Great job on the pod race. Thanks for being an awesome supporter and a great Star Wars fan. And uh, uh, take care of that new Top Gun fan, buddy. I saw that. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> see you, man. <laughs> James? Um. Yeah, Nick, your your answer is great. It's like exactly the kind of thing that gets me interested. Like I'm usually a like, okay, I get it. That was a great story. That's the that's the story. But how? Like I, sometimes I want to see those those details. Um, I find intrigue in that. Um, but and and one thing that your answer reminded me of is I'm really interested. And in Star Wars just doesn't seem to do this for some reason. Like both sides of the war they both called it the clone wars like that's weird to me you know what i mean like it should be like one side calling it the clone wars and one side calling it like the independent war or whatever and then years later it kind of got lumped into like a name for that whole uh thing but like this also is another example of that is like they're very clearly calling themselves the high republic that's what we are called and at some point they just decided to like demote themselves to a different name sort of, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. it appear, it doesn't appear like any big regime change happened. It, like it's, it wasn't like good and then went to bad, similar to like Republic to Empire or Empire to New Republic, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes, some point they kind of like shifted the name, degraded it down to just like the Republic or something. And I don't know. I'm interested in those types of details. And I think like a show that kind of what you're talking about, uh, the digression from the high point 
is is really like the details there and i'm really excited uh i think i think you're dead on and i'm i'm excited to go there i think that great answer nick yeah thank you so much for doing that pod race uh i know you know this because i've said it before i hate palpatine <laughs> <laughs> so, so I appreciate your answer, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, I'm I always go back to that Poe Dameron, like somehow he returned, <laughs> like we're there again. But I get that there's a very interesting story there, and I'm sure they'd find someone really cool to play that part. But anyway, thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk to you soon in the community, and now we're gonna head to John for the discussion. Obi One once thought as you do. All right, so um, Kathleen Kennedy, big, big interview with Vanity Fair, uh, mostly on the future of Star Wars. So um, I think by this point, most at least diehard, big-time Star Wars fans either caught wind of what came from this interview uh, or read it themselves. But mixed reactions, I think, to say the least, would be fair. Uh, but either way, when the president of the studio that makes your favorite film franchise speaks. You listen intently and fans sure did. Uh, so Kathleen Kennedy recently spoke again with uh, Anthony Bresnikin of Vanity Fair about the past, present and future of Star Wars television and movies, including their approach to handling any future usage of legacy characters. Um, so let's tackle as much as we can things that stood out to us, things that maybe surprised us, things that made us happy, things that made us a little bummed out, whatever it may be, whatever stuck out to us. I certainly have a list of things. Some are head scratchers. Some are like, that's interesting. Some are like, oh man. So I'm kind of all over the place with this thing. I saw a lot of people saying like, oh my God, I'm so happy. This is so great. And then I saw some people thought it was a complete disaster. So uh, I saw more of the latter. I'm going to be honest. The, so I always forget former and latter. Latter means the, the more recent thing. of the two options. Yeah, mm -hmm. the negative. The negative. Okay. I saw later. Neg yeah, I like saw latter's more the negative. But former or the later, you might that gotcha. might help. So Lacey saw more of negativity online, at least. I want to be clear. Um, Maybe not mm -hmm. negativity. It's not people hating on anything. It's just people being very surprised and caught off guard by the answers. How about that? Yeah. Not necessarily like, this is stupid. It's more like, hey, that's not how I saw that. Or that's not what I thought they would say. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, My my, my take on that, just I, I feel like I did see that same side too. Like negativity might not be the right word. But I think like something, I think like there was a couple things here that was like, there wasn't any big announcement like, hey, we're going to be doing more feature films in the next whatever. There was no announcement, but there was a lot of like, we're not going to be doing this in the future, you know, kind of stuff. So it's like, I, I don't know if that's really like, how can you take that really as a good thing? You know, it's just, it just seemed like there was more caution. This is a, this is the steps we're not going to be taking in the next few years, as opposed to the steps we are taking. There's a couple in there. Yeah. I mean, they talked about VR, but you know, and stuff like that. It's like, oh, I, I know, but I'm saying like those are those were steps that they're like, yes, we're very interested in these technologies. We're going to be moving in that direction. So it's like there is some stuff, but it just didn't outweigh some of the other things that I feel like were more prominent, you know? Yeah. And I. I saw some good and some bad out of this. I think I'm leaning more towards disappointment mm -hmm. in what I got out of that interview and also how 
the co- the context was positioned on a f- few things. Mm-hmm. But I you know to make my position clear because I think anytime people want to criticize Kathleen Kennedy are fearful that they're going to get lumped into the hate machine of Kathleen Kennedy and I think people need to compartmentalize the layers of healthy criticism of a studio executive and people who just blindly hate things just for the sake of it. Um, there's there's ways to be an adult about this thing. I, I have a hard time when everyone says everything that comes out is great because then it's like, then where is the, how do we, how do you rate the value of that opinion? If you know everything that person says is, oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. This is great. It's like, okay, what, what is that? What is that compared to? Um, so I like honest criticism. Um, some of the stuff in this interview had me scratching my head a bit. Um, the, the one thing that obviously stood out to me is, and we'll probably spend a good time on that is the whole aspect of the, comments that some people still seem confused about but it seemed clear to me that she was saying recasting these legacy characters is something they're probably not going to do anymore um but another thing that i'll I'll start with because i know i'm going to spend time on that is the feige movie thing that is so interesting to me because i looked back at the archives on star wars newsnet and other places other interviews with prominent people involved in this, including Alan Horn, who was the chairman of Walt Disney Studios in September of 2019, confirming that Kevin Feige was making a Star Wars movie. So that was three years ago. And Kathleen Kennedy referred to that as the rumor mill in this interview. The Kevin Feige movie was in the rumor mill and she would like to see what he could come up with. He was on the Star so Wars pe- show, wasn't he? Talking about how he loved Star Wars and the reason was because then the announcement came out about it? Yeah, I think he was on the Star Wars show a while before any announcements came out. He has spoken. Right. He's been, he was he's been asked about his Star Wars movie and more so he was doing a lot of, no, I'm not taking over Lucasfilm, none of that. Right, he was right. That, it was that sort of stuff. That was last summer when he was talking about Spider-Man think, and stuff. He'd get asked yeah. about it. I think the issue here is everyone's focused on that this interview took place in March. So it predates Michael Waldron talking about writing the script and stuff. I'm like, yeah, it does. It doesn't predate the literal chairman of the movie studio confirming that the movie was happening three years ago. So the fact that three years later, the president of that studio who's making said movie is calling it the rumor mill. I was like, what? I was like, did she forget that Alan Horn said that? Like, what's the positioning there? It's just so strange to me. And then now when you add on top of it, the Michael Waldron stuff, I mean, Bresnikin did a great job with this article. This is so much good stuff. But they had to have been like, he he has his finger on the pulse. He had to have been like, this is going to come off a little weird because Michael Waldron's going on all these interviews for the other stuff he's doing saying I am writing this movie right now. <laughs> so that whole thing is a head scratcher to me. It's so uh, for, for all those reasons. So that was one of the bigger standouts to me as something that was quite confusing, especially when she mentions in this interview that rogue squadron is being, I believe the quote was 
pushed to the side and that Tyka's is now going to be the next movie. So she's giving us bad news already about the Patty Jenkins movie. Can I go one step further with that, by the way? Yeah, sure. So I just did a quick search, just quick Mm -hmm. Kathleen Kennedy, Kevin Feige movie, right? June 4th of 2021, Michael Waldron said, uh, You've heard all my references here. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Kathleen Kennedy. She's made so many awesome of my so many of my favorite movies. So to get to collaborate with both of those entities is a dream come true. Yeah. So he's even it's, been it's, talking with her, yeah. So so the so just for the for the sake <laughs> so of the quote. Confused. The question was uh Bresnikin said, I mentioned Kevin Feige before, and I know it's been reported he's producing something for you. Can you tell me about that? And she said, that's the rumor mill. Kevin, I think everybody knows, is a huge Star Wars fan. He's clearly been inspired by Star Wars in the way in which he handles Marvel. Maybe. I know he's got a lot on his plate right now. I would love to see at some point what movie he might come up with. But right now, no. There isn't anything specifically on the horizon. What? That's a lie. So, so as of June, Michael Waldron's like. So as of June 4th last year, mm-hmm. Michael Waldron was like, I love Kathleen Kennedy. She's made all these wonderful things that I do. I'm so it's a dream come true. And now she a year later she's like, What? <laughs> yeah, she's like, that that would be neat if that ever happened. And it's like, it already <laughs> has then, happened. It already is happening. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then Bresnikin adds an update and says this interview was in March, and last week Michael Waldron told Variety he was working on a script. Everybody knew that. And yeah. like I said, the, the chairman of the studio at the time, Alan Horn in 2019 said, yeah, we're bringing in Kevin Feige. He's going to do a Star Wars movie. So just to, to, to clarify even what I was saying before, I felt like there was a couple things where it was felt like it was like a step back. Like here's where we're not going is like, I'm just looking at like, I took quick notes of like every kind of just general topic that was talked about mm-hmm. here. And almost mm-hmm. all of them have like a, Uh, like well we're not really going in that direction including this thing it's like okay you went into this interview thinking okay well we already know about the kevin feige thing is are they going to say yes it's happening it's going to be amazing and it's going to involve this era or is it going to be no it's not happening well this was an example no it's not happening it's kind of went in that other direction of like an announcement um and 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 you know we can talk about it too if we get there but like also the same thing with the ryan johnson thing like it was like, oh, okay, well, that's on the table. Is this going to address it? Yes, it's addressing that it's it. So, some would say like, oh, she's addressing it. It's still happening. That's a good sign. And I'm like, but it mm-hmm. kind of isn't because she's saying there's literally no commitment to it. Right. So who right. knows so, when that's ever going to happen? And it's like, okay, so quick, that's not that's not moving forward. Wanna, that's just that's kind of sidestepping or moving back. I definitely want to get to the Ryan Johnson thing because that is a very interesting thing if you read between the lines Mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion but to close out the michael waldron thing in my opinion based on the alan horn thing what Lacey just brought up of michael waldron in 2021 i feel bad uh, for michael right now like he's probably at home being like over his keyboard being like wait what (laughs) should i stop typing like yeah (laughs) Yeah. um but i guess just knowing all of those facts and how the timeline went Mm-hmm. you can't this is subjective this is not objective that's either one of two things here kathleen kennedy's lying in this interview or there's massive disconnect going on 
in development and she's like yeah i i i, I don't know as far as i know now it's far she, as you well, know the she, president of the studio there, there's also the third one like if you're considering disconnect just be like miscommunication is like one executive is saying yes one executive saying no and it's James. like we're not on the same page there's also the it's since like very recently been like canceled and she's trying to backpedal but then why would michael waldron be going on interviews for another movie he's promoting saying he's writing the movie that's what i'm saying is like very recently like i oh i don't know he doesn't know oh wait no this was because this was from march right (laughs) i don't know well i thought you were missing i'm missing the obvious of like she's backpedaling because the whole thing is scrapped but i forgot about the time difference here in the the I think I, we're all again, looking at this article with the numbers on the screen, like us trying to like calculate when things are happening because it that, just doesn't add up. So, so I think that's what a lot of people like. Everyone harped on when it was revealed this interview was conducted in March. That means nothing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. everything else that was said by people higher up than Kathleen Kennedy years ago. Um, so it it's strange. I'll just say that, and maybe she's maybe she's holding it close to the vest and maybe she forgot that Alan Horn said that that's possible. You know, like maybe she doesn't have the right PR team in her corner updating her on everything that's been said by everybody. That's possible. I'm not saying they do a bad job or anything because there's a lot going on and it's been a long time, uh, but it's just strange. It's How strange. would you not then, know though? Something that big. I know. I agree. Maybe I'm just trying to play devil's advocate for them, but mm, maybe so, so just like that. My will of the force, like this is the feature that she's talking about. And you're right. She's holding it close to the chest. She's saying in March. Yeah, we're going to have some stuff that some feature stuff that's coming out soon. You know, what about the Kevin Feige thing? Um, Yeah, that's the rumor mill right now. We'll see, you know, kind of thing. And it's just like a, a weird. She just got asked. So I don't know. I Again, like I think that, or, that would be lying, but it would also be like trying to hold it and reveal it later. Kind of yeah, thing. and playing off that, it could be that they don't want that to be the lead of the article. They want the article to be about Kenobi and where TV's going, so they don't want Kevin Feige to overshadow it. So they're like, oh, I don't know. Oh. I mean, yeah, everything we're saying right now is yeah. just trying to understand. But again, <laughs> yeah. I think the weirdness still stands. None like, of the options are, are good, in my opinion, mm. on, um, on trying to understand it. So the, so the Ryan Johnson thing, he, Bresnikan brings it up. I'm glad he did because a lot of people, for some reason, avoid it. I'm glad he went right for it. He said, fans want to know about Ryan Johnson and his future with Star Wars. Is there anything you could tell us about that? Is the trilogy still on? So she goes over what we all know. Ryan's been busy with Knives Out and the deal he made with Netflix for multiple movies. I've had meetings with Ryan. He's somebody that comes in as part of our little brain trust discussions along the way, which I found (laughs) interesting. That was interesting, yeah. So wait, he's been Uh, talking with them about other Star Wars stuff? Other Star Wars stuff, I think, yeah, is what that Interesting brain trust. He, she goes, he remains very committed to what we're trying to do. He just literally hasn't had the time to devote. But okay, That's, so he doesn't have time to devote, but he's calling in on random meetings. So this well, feeds into other answers she gave. A, a trilogy or feature and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she said, anyone who comes into the Star Wars universe needs to know it's a three, four, five year commitment. That's what it takes. You can't step in for a year and shoot something and then walk away. It doesn't work that way. So it requires that kind of nurturing. So to me, this sounds like Ryan Johnson is like the one who's pulling away. Interesting. Yeah, because he's got that contract with Netflix. They gave him a Because they gave him a trilogy. Money. 
Yeah. So it's not them saying like they they held up their end of the bargain, gave him the trilogy. He probably agreed to it. Everything we know that we don't need to talk about it. Then Knives the Out Last came Jedi. out. Yeah. Knives Out came out. He gets nominated for an Oscar for that. He's making a sequel to that. He doesn't need Star Wars. Um, so this to me reads like Kathleen Kennedy's looking for more of a commitment from Ryan than he's willing to give right now. She's not willing to say it's done because she really loves Ryan Johnson. And all the things you heard from people over the years was that uh, JJ and Kathleen Kennedy didn't get along as much, but she loves Ryan Johnson. And um, if he jumps ship, it makes her look bad. It's another kind of tick on her. Like the Game of Thrones guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what it looks like to me. So if I had to guess, and this is just me speculating based on those statements, because she's like, to me, that sounds like a jilted person. Like Ryan f- found his new love over there at Netflix and with Knives Out and stuff. And like Star Wars is like, the X and you know that sort of thing um, and if you look at it like the way they've been sort of struggling with these movies and the Rogue Squadron's getting pushed now and all the other production problems obviously Solo, Rogue One pick a movie it had problems except Ryan's actually I think um, everything points to him having the leverage um, aside from you know the divisiveness of fans but Good for him. I, I think that goes away over time too. So mm. that's my opinion. What do you guys think? I don't know. I, you, to me, I think one thing that you skimmed over pretty quickly that I think is really the core of this is the I need people for three, four, or five years. Yeah. And I was right. like, I was, I was reading the article, and then I immediately picked up my book. Question mark? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four, five year commitment for like a director of a movie? Like now I get it. Star Wars is not Marvel, but Marvel is always kind of that example of they're churning out lots of content. That's making a lot of money and it's still pretty praised. Those people aren't involved for, for two, five years, yeah. three, four, five years. Yeah. You know, like why do you need these people this long? That sounds a sequel like a trilogy big... is five years. That feels right? to me. Yeah. Like it, like if somebody was, I mean, with Ryan, there was it was talked about a trilogy. Okay, all right, maybe he's the four or five years, and maybe that kind of makes sense. But she's talking how it seems like that's why it's hard to get directors and people on board because that's what it takes to make Star Wars movies. Like, look at Favreau, for instance, and I'm like, I think you really lucked into Favreau being like, yeah, I'll do Star Wars for five years. And she's like, cool, that's the new standard. And it's like, that shouldn't be the standard. Like, that's crazy that you got Favreau as accomplished as he is to dedicate to Star Wars. But my thing is, like, you as an executive should be able to pick people and have your bigger picture work with them for the two years that they're making their commitment, get them in and out and be done. Like, again, like, um, you know, other we've had other directors. I mean, you did work with J.J. You worked with him for the, the two years or the time periods for his movies. And he left, you know, it's it. he wasn't there for five years. Like, I don't know. It's just something about that five years thing said to me, like. You're you're asking for a bigger commitment that I think every director is going. I don't know that I want to do that. Five years is a long time to work on one thing. Yeah, but there's other parts of this interview that lend to the idea that she's looking for one person 
to become the George Lucas of the movies. And that person is the one who oversees the storytelling in the movies because he asks her about the roadmap of movies. And she says, there's a couple of filmmakers that we've been in conversation with over quite a long period of time that I'm hoping will come in and make the overall commitment that John and Dave have made, which is this multi-year lengthy thing on the movie side. And then she said, that's ideally what I would love to see happen in the feature space. So the theatrical That's films. a lot of pressure to roll over to someone right off the bat. Because you have to she, look so, at, especially Dave, away from John, yeah. John Favreau. Dave is in this. He was in it from the moment he joined. And he wasn't going to go anywhere. He's never going to go anywhere. He's there for life. He was on the phone with, with George Lucas. I'm your guy. I'm, yeah, the, I'm the guy. Like, <laughs> he's never going yeah. anywhere. And I think... There have been a lot of circumstances with Lucasfilm, and I think a lot of places, but definitely with Lucasfilm, where they've happened into the right people. And she says this in the article, like they happened on John Favreau and he, it worked out the way it did. They were able to pivot so quickly to television, all this other stuff. Yeah. She, I mean, she, Dave is not a normal thing. Yeah. Someone to stick around that long and be that like right. passionate about mm-hmm. one right. thing. That's not a normal <laughs> No, I, like the vibe yeah. I got from this was that Kathleen wants that person to be Ryan. Yes. I think she loved Ryan. They got along really well. And she's he like, yeah. come ideas. on, yeah. be my guy. Five to 10 years. You love Star Wars. We worked great together. The movie yeah. was awesome. We made a bunch of money. We came up with great content. We, everything about it makes sense. Come on, Ryan, can you commit? And you're right, John. I think that might be a sign that he's the one that's a little bit like, I will keep working on it. I love the direction we're going. I just don't want to sign that contract for 10 years. Yeah. You know, that big overall, I'm, I'm the guy looking over all the unless, movies, especially uh, when unless, he did what he did and he had a good time, but like fan reaction yeah. to it. He's only, I, I bet there's even a little bit of, he, he's like, I'd come back and make some more movies. That's fine. As long as you're making other stuff. If I'm the guy, I don't want to ruin star Wars for so many people. But unless because Knives about... Out had such an overwhelmingly positive that too, yeah. yeah, it's like he has other options and avenues. But Ryan's not a producer though. No. Ram Bergman's his producer, right? Uh, she's looking for a Feige. She's looking for a producer. That's a good point. And the follow up question point. is: Are you talking about a commitment to make three movies or something even bigger, like Kevin Feige is doing with Marvel? And she said, "I wouldn't go that far. Kevin's an anomaly, an amazing one, but." The goal is definitely having somebody make more of a commitment. I hesitate to use the word trilogies anymore. Good. I like that. Because Star Wars is much more about persistent storytelling. It just... All these things, these answers seem to meld into each other that she's looking for one person to be like Favreau and Filoni are doing on TV side. Mm -hmm. She wants to see someone... One producer create a rhythm on the uh, uh, theatrical film side. So it's not like this bargain bin or what's a better word for it? Potpourri where it's like, we got a Taika movie. We got a JJ movie. We got a Ryan movie. It's not just producer. She's looking for someone like John Favreau. Who's going to take the story to a new, like a long period. She wants her Feige. Right. But that's, but that's not Feige though. Feige's not writing the stories. Oh, but he's overseeing the connectivity of everything. Like he's, Sure, but he's bringing in the people to do that. Whereas like John Favreau and Dave have written out the stories. Like we know John Favreau is writing these stories years and years in advance. That's what she wants. She wants someone 
to come in and write these stories, do kind of a Peter Jackson thing where they shoot all these, you know, these movies back to back where it's like they're all into one. That's everybody's criticism with the sequel trilogy is that because they were written by different people, there was no cohesive. There were issues with the story. They they weren't like smoothly into the next one. There were just different feels. You get that from. When you were little, you did that that team exercise where you write a paragraph and then you pass the paper to the next person in line and then they yeah, write a paragraph. Right. And mm-hmm. then your story was completely different by the end because it's kind of a game of telephone. It's kind of like that. I think, yes, I think she's looking for someone like Kevin Feige that's going to come in and oversee the whole connectivity of everything. But I think it's even more so someone that's going to come in and own that story the way John Favreau and Dave have. Was there ever yeah. talks of this? What, am I hearing, remembering rumors of J.J. Abrams possibly signing years ago to be like the guy for Star Wars? Isn't this? No, no. I don't think that okay. he was right. pitching his own story to people. Not he, he Star signed Wars. a deal with Warner Brothers. Right, like he's over there now. Uh, yeah, I thought there was like, wasn't there even like a theme park and stuff? Like they wanted him to be like the overall guy for something. Ah, uh, I don't know about that. I'd have to go back and see if I can find it. But the anyway, guy. um. <laughs> So we have that um, and there are positives here, but I mean, a lot of the positive stuff is stuff I feel like we already knew. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, Kenobi. We're, everyone's very excited about Kenobi. Uh, Mandalorian. Very excited about Mandalorian. So there's a lot of good. Uh, the television side, there's a lot of good. I think the negative stuff seems to focus on two spots, the movies and how to treat characters. Um, so we probably should spend some time on that because obviously this impacts Solo um, and other things. The future of Luke Skywalker, she she said point blank, Luke Skywalker can only be Mark Hamill. Um, which is interesting because they just cast a 10-year-old kid to, to play Luke in this Kenobi series. Now, I understand he's probably going to have a very, very, very small part, but, you know, it's... It puts a lot of pressure on that kid when you have the this, the president of the studio saying Luke Skywalker can only be Mark Hamill, and then you're like, all right, now we're gonna throw this little kid out there, and he he's he's Luke Skywalker for this show. Not a big deal. It's still a little nah to me, a little. Eh. But I think we should get to the meat though. That I think a lot yeah. of people that listen to our show are waiting for the reaction of, <laughs> which is the Alden thing. I think we've finally been avoiding the conversation. That's, well, that's how right you build theater. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the the solo thing, let's get to, because we don't want to mess up the quote. Yes. And I don't like how he asked the question, um, but it's okay. I mean, I Bresnikin's awesome. So he said, I don't want to put you in an awkward spot. So out of the gate, he's, you know, laying that out. Setting that a preference or yeah. a precedent. That, was this yeah. an understanding you've come into that was developed from solo being um, the, the handling of, of, characters and, and that sort of thing i don't want to trash alden he said i think he did a good job just don't just say i think alden did a good job you don't have to say i don't want to trash him like i don't like that um but the and i know i'm biased i, I love alden Ehrenreich. but and he said but the idea is you can't really replace luke skywalker was that something you learned from that movie or how would you put it and in, in regards to solo and she said maybe as you say it anthony maybe i think back and solo was one of the first ideas that came up when the company was sold yeah it was george lucas's idea Mm-hmm. One of the first people I went to was Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, we've known each other forever. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, he was so excited to tell that story. We genuinely believed at the time it was a good idea. Ooh, mama. That's a rough sentence to read. And then she said, so yeah, 
There should be moments along the way when you learn things. That might have certainly been a learning moment. Some people have talked about how, well, maybe Solo should have been a TV show. But even doing Solo as a TV show without Harrison Ford as Han Solo, it's the same thinking. Man, maybe I should have recognized this before. We would never make Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford. So Indy's done with Indy 5. Uh, Even though they had Sean Patrick Flannery play Indy. And they had River Phoenix play Indy. Mm-hmm. Uh, having just finished the fifth movie, I can tell you there wasn't a day I wasn't on set where I wasn't like, yes, this is Indiana Jones. And it's, it's, she's smart at how she presents that because who's going to argue against Harrison Ford being Indiana Jones, you know? So then to close it, she said, maybe I'm closer to the DNA of Indy. So she does admit that. And I've always have been. Then I was when I came to Star Wars because now it does seem so abundantly clear that we cannot do that. You get excited by these things and you want to revisit things you want. You want to have that feeling again and you're trying to resurrect that. I think that's what we do even with our new characters. With Star Wars, everybody's talking about a feeling they have. That's the intangible idea you're looking for. To me, people have said she's not saying this. To me, she's saying recasting those big characters is a mistake. Is a mistake and and out of the question. And she used Indiana Jones as an example. She said, Indy's done. She said, only Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. So After they made a show of young Indy. That George Lucas made, right. And uh, <laughs> River Phoenix played a young Indiana Jones in mm-hmm. in uh, uh, mm-hmm. Last Crusade. So it's just like, that's brutal to hear because this makes it sound like she's saying the problem with solo was alden or not even alden just not being not it being it not being harrison ford like audiences didn't react positively to somebody else playing solo and that couldn't be farther from the truth and and for some people maybe but i get that yeah for some people probably that was the overall reaction but i think a lot of people didn't even they saw it and didn't go see the movie so it doesn't really have anything to do with alden you know, we all know we all know why Solo did bad. Mm-hmm. They she fired directors more than halfway through the movie. They had to double the budget and reshoot like 80 percent of the movie with Ron Howard out of the gate. That's already you're screwing yourself in terms of profit. Everyone knows all that stuff. Bob Iger took the L on the marketing and the schedule of the release. And it was widely reported that Lucasfilm asked him to push Solo to December and he would put his foot down because of the problems they already have with the movie he said, no, we're putting it out. Or we're putting it out. Which I, was I after Avengers Endgame and after Deadpool. Yep. And I believe that story because he came out and took responsibility for it and he said, did. we made, we made a mistake with the marketing of Solo and the release of Solo. A feature Star Wars film didn't get its first trailer until three months before the movie came out. Insanity. Mm-hmm. And they didn't focus on the right parts of it. They should have focused more on Han and Kira. Clayton brought that up on our show. Uh, they 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 botched they booted Solo and the last thing that was the wor- problem with Solo was Alden. You, Air, you right? mean the marketing, and not the movie itself. The the marketing, the marketing should yeah. have focused on Han and Kira. The marketing was horrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, think, yeah. the trailers and stuff. I mean, yeah, I was like, well, I that. think the yeah. movie was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, the movie I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that I think this movie's aging really well, and I think it's gonna be one of those tragic stories. Tragic in like ten years or so, where they're gonna be like, man, Solo. You know what? That was a really good movie, and. They, they probably sh- should have done a better job I just with don't it, understand so. how they can look at the past three to four years where Solo has trended numerous times, how people have yeah. constantly talked about how they loved it, how all the cast members said they loved it, how fans actively talk about how much this film means to them and turn around and say, well, clearly this just didn't work because Alden. 
it, it's because and, of Han Solo. And it's like, yeah, n- no, that and every tweet I saw, guys, every single one, every comment on Instagram was that's what you're taking away from this lesson <laughs> is yeah. that it was Alden because that is not what anybody even people who didn't like Solo said he that guy was not the issue. Yeah, right. yeah. I, so I, I was going to say, I understand bubbles, you know, and people are in their like bubbles and stuff. And I wouldn't imagine if somewhere or another Twitter has like figured out that my algorithm is pro uh, solo, you know what I mean? Or something. But the thing is, is like I went to uh, who was it that actually ran the, the big article Vanity that everybody's Fair? quote tweeting? Vanity Fair? No, no, no. The the article oh discussing film or whatever discussing film yeah I think so they ran the big article I went to their tweet and looked at and it was like you know a very small amount of comments like a hundred comments or or three hundred comments or something like that but then like nine thousand re- quote tweets or, I'm sorry mm-hmm. what I meant to say was sorry like three hundred retweets nine thousand quote tweets. And it's like, so everybody wasn't like for this, they had something to say about it. And then I looked at all of those quote tweets and just like read them straight timeline down. And it was all Mm. like, this is the wrong take, like big miss here. That's unfortunate. Like he was not the problem with that movie, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. How are they supposed to do a Lando series if they're not going to recast? That's that's the amazing part of it. Well, he was he was just on Jimmy Kimmel talking about it. And then you have obviously Obi-Wan, Owen. Well, that was what made me laugh that day is we were talking about it privately between the three of us on our Discord server. And I had said, like, oh, this is crazy. And James is like, it's even more crazy because it's in the same article that they're like coming next Friday. Obi-Wan Kenobi recast character like. Which, which, uh, look, I can put two and two aside. If you really want to have that debate, I get how sure. Kenobi's different from, you know, this sure, and that. Sure, sure. Yep, yep. But yep. I, I do think that it, w- one thing to remember is I know that Donald Glover has not been officially announced, but if in fact that's even part of the plan and that does come to fruition, what the heck? Like, I, I, like, right. I don't get that at all. And then, then we're arguing well, he wasn't as prominent of a character, so we can get away with it with him. But he's about like, to be. I'm like, what are we, what the are we doing? The show's called Lando. You're really putting the blame on that movie on just literally the fact that you had somebody else playing the character, whereas like, yeah. I, we can name tons of movies that have done that with classic characters and had them brought down and like some were bad, some were good or whatever. It's like- right. I just it that was it really was a surprising statement from me that it did really feel like like what happened with Solo and it's like I just really don't think people like that we cast someone as a young Han Solo so we're never doing that again. I, I'm going to be like, honest with you. Whoa, Th- I, I've for the ten years she's been running Lucasfilm, I've supported Kathleen Kennedy. I've defended Kathleen Kennedy. I think she's one of the greatest producers of all time. No one needs to hear that from me. Everyone knows that. She's been she was producing movies before a lot of us were born. Um, but it's I think it's different being an executive versus of running a studio versus being a good movie producer. And I think it's fair to say that there have been a lot of hiccups on the especially on the film side of things. And I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm done with Kathleen Kennedy, but I 
like an analogy. I, I usually lean on like sports analogies and like, for example, like I love the New York Yankees just as much as I love Star Wars. Sometimes because I root so hard for the Yankees, sometimes I think maybe they need a new manager. Like this manager's not, a f- you know, he, they were there long enough and maybe they need a new voice or something like that. So that's a little of where I'm coming from here. And that's not to say like the the years prior were bad. It's just sometimes these things evolve in a certain way where it's like, this is probably the time or something like that. And she did a wonderful job. I think, I don't know what's what's going on with the, the laughing. What's uh, oh, I just keep picturing you up there like, I love the Republic. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I listen, I, it's just like... She did a great job shepherding the sequel trilogy, which I loved. Uh, and that's a really hard task to do to complete a story that started everything. Um, so there was a, there's been a lot of good things that she's done. And I think some of the tough decisions she's made that looked bad on her were really tough calls to make, but sometimes ended up being good. Ron Howard coming into Solo, for example. Um, so it's not all bad for me. A lot of people, especially on online, they they look at it's just black and white, whether you like her or don't like her. I don't feel that way. I really respect her a lot. I think she did a great job. But I think maybe there might be someone better out there to be an executive running the studio. Um, so I'm not sitting here saying I hate Kathleen Kennedy, uh, but I think maybe another voice might be something that could help the franchise going forward. Um, that that's just my take on on that stuff. And the, you know, the solo stuff does bother me from that perspective, though. I'll admit that because the answers. It seems like more than ever in this interview, she gave very corporate-y, executive type of answers, more than what we're used to hearing from Kathleen Kennedy, which are more of like she's like very good at making things feel warm and uh, making things feel like everything's okay. And that's where the good producer in her coming out. A lot of these answers felt a little defensive. Uh, like in my opinion, and maybe you guys agree, the solo answer does feel like she was pinning it on. It didn't work because it wasn't Harrison Ford being Han Solo. Mm -hmm. And I think we've beat, you know, we beat this dead horse. Every fan online, James, you were talking about the quote tweets and everything and everybody, uh, fans are a lot smarter than people give them credit for. I think everyone understands and knows via history why solo didn't do well. And we touched on it here. Alden Ehrenreich was not the reason. And it feels like Kathleen Kennedy took such an L with Solo from Disney that there might be a defense mechanism in there. And um, pinning it on on Alden seems to be what's happening here. But going as far as the saying, you know, we realize we can't do that anymore. Uh, like we've said, it's... It just doesn't very, make sense. It contradicts a lot of things that they have planning and they've done and they plan to do eventually. Right. It's just weird. Yeah, it's 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 tough because that means then you're then we're never going to get a young Palpatine thing, right? There's there's a mm-hmm. lot of things now that they would either have to go full like deep fake, like a lead actor deep fake. Like I I just don't know where the line goes on that where it's like that's too much. I, I think you're right. Um, I think I so. think where the angle they're probably coming from that is like some sort of line like. Where I I think, you know, even like right before that statement, she said, um, we weren't going to do Luke Skywalker without Mark. And it's like, but you are doing Luke Skywalker without Mark, like in your very next coming up, like two weeks from now property. So the uh, the weird thing is, is like, okay, but there's, there's gotta be an argument there. They obviously weren't going to like 
deep fake Mark Hamill down to a child, like surely <laughs> they just like took that and they're like, well, everybody's going to be okay with this. And I just feel like they, they feel like there's some sort of line where it's like, maybe Alden was too close to Harrison and, and maybe there's a discussion there of like, we will request cast live people, but not that close to a character. Maybe. Cause that's always been their policy is like, if it was like preteen Han. Yeah. Then they obviously so would have what... been okay with it. And everybody would have been okay with it because there's separation there. But this was, I, I think like they were thinking people are going to be okay with this. This is 10 years prior. People can close the gap, but maybe now because of every other bad thing that went wrong, they're trying to get the easy out. And they're saying, we think that it was just too close of a gap. So we're not doing that again. We're not going to put a character so close. And yeah, but, yeah. but obviously Lando's I, just as close. So it's weird. I don't know, but I've liked their Actually, policy no, years difference, <laughs> their rules. I've liked that the rules that they'd used up until now, which is if someone existed in this timeline with this actor, anything after it has to be that actor. If you go back before you can recast someone younger and that's what they've always done. Uh, I mean, look what they did with Leia for episode nine. They had, they used archive footage. Look what they're doing with Luke now. Um, so I've liked that rule that they've implemented. I think that's good for continuity, for suspension of disbelief, all that. I think that's perfect in how they've been doing that. But now this whole thing with the deep fake stuff, I'm just curious how far they take it. Like, are we going to get a lot of this sort of version of Luke? I think that would despecialize it in a way. So I, I just don't know. And I'm not trying to be negative because I am I am rooting for Star Wars so hard. I'm just saying, like, I'm wondering what, what this all means now. Because of like you guys are saying, we have the Lando show coming up and Donald Glover just pretty much told Jimmy Kimmel, yeah, I'm doing it. So, um, and then, then the Michael Waldron stuff, like there's a lot of stuff where these, you got to think, and, and someone brought up a great point. What if Alden found out about all this via this thing? Like that's heartbreaking. I mean, yeah, I think that, I think that's kind of So it's like all these things where maybe people are hearing these things and they're like, I I didn't I wasn't told that like so I'm just very curious what's really going on behind the scenes. Um, it seems like TV's in really great shape. So, you know, to, for positive perspective, very excited about all of that. Um, even the stuff I'm not saying just Favreau stuff. I'm saying obviously Kenobi, Acolyte, Andor, all of the things that are coming out for TV sound really strong on strong footing. I think where we have to be a little concerned as fans is what started Star Wars, which are the the movies, and I don't think that they're they're obviously not looking to abandon movies she said she's looking for someone to run that ship i think that's where we got to start um wondering what all that is, means going forward yeah makes sense i'm with you <laughs> that's awesome. i, don't know. I, don't I just don't know if there's anything else to add i think you talked through it you know yeah. yeah. Do you have any any anything else you want to toss out there, Lacey, or, or final thoughts on this uh, this interview, or or your vibes on you know how the movies are versus TV and where you're at? Um, this interview was a rough read. I'm not gonna lie. I I think it was yeah. rough from a logical sense of like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. But also from the fan perspective of, you know, we really love Solo and we want to make Solo 2 happen. And it's kind of like that blow of like, oh, I guess this is basically saying it's not ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, That doesn't change the fact that we're not going to still celebrate Solo and, and want it. And, you know, we're doing the, the meetup at Celebration. Um, 
But yeah, it's just really weird. It's a, It was a weird interview. A lot of the quotes were just... People kept saying they were taken out of context, and I don't think they were. No. I think they were just presented poorly. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that the majority of the video shoot and the photo shoot and the interview with Vanity Fair is really showing how they pivoted oh, yeah. to television. Um, we knew that going into from 2020 to now, how Disney was overall pivoting a lot of their stuff to Disney Plus, to the streaming and TV, especially. Um, I and think features taking a hiatus as the article started off. Right, exactly. And I think Star Wars has done television. I think better than Marvel. I think Star Wars has kind of killed it with TV compared I mean, to Marvel, whereas Marvel's yeah. definitely we've only had killing one it with the show. movies. That's the, that's the, we've had one show with two decent seasons. They've had sure. four shows. So it's sure. like... Oh, two shows. What? What are you Book talking about? Boba Fett? Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I uh, forgot about Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> anyway, two shows... Uh, where, like you said, James Marvel's had like four or five at this four, point. Four like, at this point, I think. Yeah, four. So it, it's just, even with the difference in the amount of shows that have come out, you can see the quality with Star Wars just seems to be more there and the impact is there just based on audience response and the numbers of people watching. People are still preferring the Star Wars over Marvel shows. I am wrong but- on that one too. I forgot Hawkeye. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Man, I'm say, really I was slacking like, I'm sure on some of these. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, but I'm interested to see where that goes, and I, and I'm excited about the team that they've put together for television <clears throat> with Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau. And I know when Kathleen was making those comments about them, they were coming from a place of her knowing she has the dream team, and yeah, she is absolutely. trying to figure that out for the movie side. But the movie comments that she made were confusing and a little, like you said, John, disappointing. But that doesn't change my excitement going into Celebration. I think we're going to get a ton of information from Lucasfilm. I think we're going to get a ton of exciting news and developments. Um, But I would very much like to sit down and compare the announcements from the Disney Investor Day to the announcements we're going to get at Celebration and see where we land with what's happening, what's not happening, where are we Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that's the only downside for me going into celebration is like I do have this asterisk now of like, man, that sounds great. We'll see. Which we've had that right. discussion before. I've said that on the show before. So I'm I'm a little nervous that sometimes they're gonna be like, We're doing this and I'm gonna be like, Okay, you know. Remember Rangers of the New Republic? I yeah, know. I, was just like, that I mean, it could go on and on and on as you name them. I feel like they've had more projects that have fallen apart than they've actually accomplished projects. Um, so that's kind of interesting and Lacey you brought it up really quickly too like that was going to be my final note on this whole thing is like we didn't even talk about the pictures and like Mm -hmm. I I got very excited when I saw everybody lined up and I know this is kind of just me but like I really like the one that stood out to me is Diego Luna I was going to say, is it Cassian? Yes, it's Cassian <laughs> and Mon Mothma. And I was like, I was like, oh, cool. I, she's on the cover. Like, I I feel like Mon Mothma is like sneak, sneakily one of my favorite characters. I don't mm. even know why. Like, she's just so freaking important. And for some reason, like, everybody's just like, oh, yeah, she's like a person or something that does something. It's like, she's <laughs> literally like the emperor of the good side. 
She's literally leading all of it. She's the head. Her costume is amazing, by the way. Yeah, and it looks so good. And I see the two of them there, and I'm like, it's real, and it's coming back, and I'm very excited for that. And they're standing next to Obi-Wan. They're standing next to Darth Vader and and Reva and uh, Ahsoka. interesting that the Mandalorian and Ewan were at the same level. They view them at the same level of importance. And I know people are going to be like, Lucy, that's just a photo. photo. Yeah. No, they definitely position them on purpose at the same mm-hmm. forefront of like, these are the top two. And that, that reminded me, and Annie Leibovitz has been shooting Star Wars for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's so cool. And hearing Hayden Christensen fawn over being able to work Hayden, with her again the cape was very special. Is Luke's cape. The fan with the cape uh, was yeah. awesome. Because that reminded me of that Revenge of the Sith poster where Anakin's cape looks like Darth Vader's mask. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool. Uh, so yeah, that, you know, there's a lot of positives to take away. I, I, I just, you know, it was important for us to address the stuff that concerned us because when you love something as much as you love Star Wars, you know, you, you root for it. And that's where this comes from. So I hope people, you know, our audience, I think, understands when we do that stuff, um, that it comes from a place of loving this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, always rooting for it. Like, I hope Kathleen Kennedy knocks it out of the park. I hope Celebration rocks. I hope uh, everything is great i hope rogue squadron gets back on its feet so always rooting for it just hope you know when things like this come out and it goes against things other people who are working on this are saying you gotta scratch your head a little bit and when you look at the timelines of when things are said it's 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 a little odd so hopefully things get cleared up and and uh like we said star wars is always uh we always root for for it to be great and, and um, mm-hmm. always root for it to succeed. So um, looking forward to that. And we're looking forward to Celebration. And and this is our last episode before Celebration. So I am just super excited for being with fellow Star Wars fans in person and, and everything that comes with it. So uh, thanks to everybody who's been and listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Um, like Lacey said, make sure you subscribe to the show, but also share with a friend. And if you're at Celebration this week, and you see someone who maybe has one of our shirts or, or something like stop stop them talk to them let them know you're a fan of ours or just mm-hmm. if you don't mind spreading the word about us and telling people about our event and the makes a little too happen meetup uh but more importantly we just hope everyone has a good time because it's been like Lacey uh says really well it's been a rough couple of years especially when we expected to to go to another celebration in between the last one and this one and that didn't happen so I just hope no matter how everybody feels about certain things or or each other or whatever, just have the best time because you deserve it and everyone deserves to have a good time how they want to have a good time. Um, so that's what it comes down to. And we're going to certainly do that. I'm really excited to be with you you two and us to have a, a good time. That's really what it's all about. And it's called Star Wars Celebration for a reason. We're going to celebrate the heck out of that thing. So um, make sure you go to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Keep your eyes, if you're not going to Celebration, on our channel, YouTube.com slash videos. We'll be doing reaction stuff all week, whether it's in a stairwell, in our hotel rooms, wherever, in the media room. We'll, we'll be doing videos from the convention floor, taking a lot of photos. We're going to do our best to pull you into the experience. And then, of course, StarWarsNewsNet.com. Uh, everyone's going to be covering... Uh, what's going on from the site as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing over at StarWarsNewsNet.com and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies, we put out our Top Gun episode today. So check that out before you see Tom Cruise's new epic, Dang. which he got a six-minute standing ovation for at Cannes Film Festival. And they gave him an award. They just gave it This movie him. is so hyped, it's out of control. They literally <laughs> gave him a standing ovation. We're like, here's an award. I, it's, yeah, 
It's insane. It's mm-hmm. like I, I'm, go, I'm going to this movie expecting the greatest sequel in the history of movies. I'm going tomorrow. So we'll see it's it really, yeah, we're literally going to be there tomorrow. It's crazy. But the the thing about Top Gun, man, is it's like it just really doesn't feel like it should even have a sequel. And yet I can't believe it's getting as high of reviews as it is. Everyone's like, it's the funniest thing, though, is like it's all like the normal stuff, like thrill rides, blah, blah, blah. But then there's always a line that's like, dads are going to love this. Like yeah. every. Well, people said they got emotional. Like, yeah. I don't know what we're in for. I don't know what yeah. we're in for. But um, James, where can people find you, buddy? Uh, everybody can find me on Twitter and Instagram during the whole week. Follow me just as the same as following John and Lacey on their individual accounts, not just Resistance Broadcast and Star Wars News Net. Follow us, all of us, because we're probably going to be tweeting a lot of fun stuff. Um, yep. But both of those are at Myra Trunks. Yes. And Lacey, what do you got going on and where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. I'm definitely going to be doing, um, you know, updates throughout the weekend, especially on Instagram. I'll probably be doing a lot of live videos. Well, not live videos, but like story videos. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see me on our panel on Saturday. If you're a part of our Patreon, you get to see it live. Um, you can see me on Friday at 1.30 on the fan stage talking about Ray and the difference she's made like throughout the with new generations which is kind of cool it's a it's a panel with a bunch of Mm -hmm. awesome people so definitely check that out um we have a contest running this week so definitely check that out with um our buddy justin over at bandai namco you can win the may show am i saying it right uh yeah yeah may May show may show Mandalorian and Grogu figure. Uh, he told us that the cart wheels move, which is kind of yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, be on the lookout for that video where he talks through everything that's going on at their booth from an exclusive pin to voting on future figures to photo ops and much more. Definitely check that out on the, the channel. It'll be up tomorrow, Tuesday. Yeah. we. I mean, our our schedules for the week are just so jam-packed. Like sleep's like the only free time. If we And we're going sleep. to Galaxy's Edge for the first time. We're going to Galaxy's Edge for the first time, me and Lacey, the three of us together. Twice, um, too. <laughs> and again, <laughs> you know, Friday at 3.30 on the convention floor, we'll pick a good spot uh, for our Make Solo 2 Happen meetup. Um, just celebrating loving Solo. Whether they bring it back or not, it's all about... Uh, it's been three years of doing this. Getting people together for the first time is going to be so awesome. Oh, wow. And then, like Lacey said, our event saturday we're so excited about so if you haven't rsvp'd yet rsvp if not just come if you can it's going to be so awesome we're so excited but that's it for this show we'll see uh in terms of the podcast we'll see you on the other side of celebration but we have kenobi stuff we got to do like we got a lot to do so we got to get out of here but <laughs> we hope everyone enjoyed this episode and uh as always until next time on the resistance broadcast from the three of us we'll see you around kids <laughs>